Well, well, well. The stars at night shine big and bright deep in the heart of Pittsburgh. The captain and Phil Kessel each had a bag full of apples at PPG Paints Arena. Three helpers apiece. Gino was terrific. Two goals and one assist. Casey DeSmith won again, although he blew up a bit at the end when he allowed three goals in three minutes in the third period, which almost certainly segues into Matt Murray back between the pipes when the Penguins resumed play Tuesday at home against San Diego. It was just a great game by the Penguins. It was 80s nights at PPG Paints Arena, and the Penguins almost got the chili goal. Just one shot. My name is Mark Madden. Ian Cole played last night. I watched the highlights after on WPXI, and Cole's hits looked great on Channel 11. Woo! 412-333-9939, the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. The Milwaukee Brewers just spent a lot of money to get two real good players, Kane and Yelich. I don't know if they did it just to make the Pirates look bad, but if they did, well, mission friggin' accomplished. And the Pirates are reportedly being investigated by MLB for not putting their revenue-sharing loot back into baseball ops. Oops. More on that stupidity later on in the program. The NHL All-Star Game is Sunday. I will watch. The NFL Pro Bowl was also Sunday. I will not watch. I can't imagine playing tackle football in a game that doesn't really count. I had a bit of a Twitter spat with Vince Williams, the Steelers linebacker. I'll get to that a little bit later. But the big story today is the Penguins, who are kind of coming on strong. The Penguins are 8-3 and three in the month of January. And let's look at the standings. The Penguins are now tied for second in the Metro. Everybody in the division still has one or two games in hand on the Penguins. The situation is still extremely, extremely tight. But there is some traction. It's all starting to add up. Last night was wonderful. Yes. Last night's game was like last year. And the year before, the Penguins just took the game over. 2-0 end of one. 4-0 end of two. 6 nothing in the third. The Pens took a good team and made them look like a bunch of bumps. I had not been a believer in Dominic Simone. But now I guess I have to be. He's got three goals and four points in the last three games. His second goal last night was a work of art. Kind of dangled to the net and buried it. Maybe Simone could be that young guy this year that Gensel was last year and Shiri and West were the year before. Haglund scored and Dumoulin scored. Each got set up on a platter, but you still got to score. And Ian Cole played 18 minutes, plus one and one assist. Cole played better than Hunwick had. But did you hear Sully after the game? 
He said that move was forced by Hunwick being hurt. Forced by. Yikes. Uh, since the Pens led by so much so early, Sully could really roll four lines. Russ played 14 minutes and Kudhakel played 13. So the Pens should come out flying after the weekend break. Rust has looked excellent since coming back, and Kuhnhockel has been real good at his job as of late. So we should all be happy about the Penguins right now. We should all want to talk about the Penguins right now. Dial 412-333-WXDX. Oh, and here's an interesting Penn's trade rumor. There's a report they might be looking at bringing back Mark Letestu, who is now at Edmonton. I'm not sure I like that. Latestu is a lot better now than he was during his stint with the Penguins. He got 16 goals last year for the Oil, and he has eight this year. But out of those 24 goals, 14 have come on the power play. That's Latestu's specialty in Edmonton. He plays the left half wall and gets those sweet feeds from McDavid and buries the puck. But here in Pittsburgh, they don't need Latestu on the power play, which means they may just not need him. I mean, he's okay. 32 years old, last year of his contract, he's making 1.8 mil, that'd be prorated. Him as your third-line center, and Riley Shane as your fourth-line center, would be better than what you got. The Brewers' spending spree is a big deal, and I promise I'm going to talk about that at length at 4 p.m. The Brewers' owner promised two years ago he was going to build a team into something special. And they won 86 games last year, and now he's making moves to try to put his team, the Brewers, over the top. Compare that to 2015, when the Pirates won 98 games and the owner dumped salaries so he could make more money. Bob Nutting is a piece of crap. Frank Coonley is a piece of crap. Neil Huntington is a piece of crap. They're all thieves. They are robbing you and the city blind. There has never been any intent in their hearts besides profit. And if you are still too stupid to see that, then you deserve whatever gets stuck up your backside. Here's some big-time media news. Jamel Hill is going to be removed from the 6 p.m. Sports Center on ESPN and will be reassigned to the Undefeated, which is ESPN's website that revolves around African-American issues in sports. Uh, the website's pretty good, but let's be honest. The main reason Hill is being removed is because the 6 p.m. Sports Center sucks, and she's not very good. And because all her Trump talk and political tweets cause more trouble than she's worth. So now if Hill says something or tweets something ESPN doesn't like, at least she's not as prominent. There were rumors that Hill was going to go to one of the cable news stations and do political talk, but all they had to do was figure out that was a bad idea, is watch the 6 p.m. Sports Center and figure out that she sucks. Her delivery sucks. She just can't talk. She sucks. Here's an interesting item from the Vegas Gold Knights, 
who lost to the New York Islanders last night. That figures. The Pens need them to win, so last night they don't. They are getting a mob outside the arena before the game with fans who want autographs. So now there's going to be a designated area for autograph seekers, and it's going to be 14 or younger only, 14 years of age or younger. I get it. That eliminates the professional seekers who get stuff signed and then sell it. And it makes the whole experience more organic and pleasant uh, for the players, too. I've gotten exactly one autograph since I was 16. And before that, I, I got them all the time. At some point, it becomes creepy. But, hey, that's what we're all about on this show. Creepy. As I mentioned... Ian Cole's hits looked great on Channel 11. <laughs> Woo! Uh, we got John Steigerwald at 4.15 and Bob Airy at 5.15. I'm Mark Madden, and this is 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Just all kinds of loose women. Women in various states of moral decay. <laughs> I wasn't kidding. The X at 105.9. Uh, check out my blog post today at the X website. Saying five, maybe, has been a staple of this show for almost 20 years. I posted the video where it all started, the origin. December 21, 1998, St. Louis, Missouri, the TWA Dome, WCW Monday Nitro, Scott Steiner, and Buff Bagwell. you got to check it out. That's on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Holla if you hear me. I hear some potentially bad news for Pitt. In the wake of the gymnastics scandal at Michigan State, everything at that school is now under the microscope. Outside the lines on ESPN reports that 16 Michigan State football players have been accused of violence against women or rape since the coach, Mark D'Antonio, took over in 2007. So if D'Antonio's out, and he may well be, you know who's going to leave Pitt to go take over at Michigan State, don't you? Coach Dews at Pitt, Pat Narduzzi. Like I've been telling you all along. Uh, I had a little Twitter beef today with uh, Vince Williams of the Steelers. He made some stupid remark, and I replied, right on, Bince, with a B, because he's one of the killer Bs, even though B with Bince should stand for backup. And uh, Bince Williams replied directly to me, Mark, we still not cool yet. So I replied, ha, I don't know, Bince, you tell me. Uh, Bince replied, see, Mark, you hate Tomlin, but I'm a Tomlin guy. So this doesn't really sit well with me. And I replied to Vince Williams, I don't hate Tomlin. I just think your whole locker room could do with a big dose of humility and discipline. Tell me I'm wrong. And then, of course, crickets chirping, total silence. Communication was broken off. You can, of course, check that out on Twitter. I don't know why you'd want to. I just read the whole friggin' thing. Just not on the radio. Uh, last night was 80s night. 
at the Pens game. Uh, Dan Potash from AT&T Sportsnet had some ridiculous mullet wig. Potash is actually very funny. Uh, Sid and Latang will play in the All-Star game Sunday. And last night I was kidding with Sid about skipping a lot of All-Star games because he's only played in a couple, 2007 and last year. So Sid got serious, not mad, but serious, and pointed out all his legit injuries that have caused him to miss All-Star games and don't forget Olympic years. I love when Sid gets earnest. Uh, Sid's like Mario. Uh, if you just sit down with Sid and BS, he's very funny and engaging. You know, each player on the winning uh, team in this three-on-three mini-tournament at the NHL All-Star Weekend, each player on the winning team is going to get 90 k Even to a millionaire, 90 k is a lot of money. Sid said that Tanger wants that money. And Sid thinks he's going to play with Ovi and Tanger. And that will be a lot of fun to watch. So I will. Wow. 90K for winning a couple three-on-three games. If Sid wins, he should keep 87K because, you know, 87 is his thing. And I don't know, maybe give me the other 3K. Uh, Like I said earlier, Sid is really on a roll right now. Uh, 19 points in his last nine games. And the puck looks like it's on a string. That pass to Dublin last night? Wow. What vision and what touch. Plus, uh, Sid and Gino and Phil are really rallying the troops. It's no mystery that with most teams, the team goes as the superstars go. And right now, Sid, Gino, and Phil are driving the Penguins to uh, much better. On the other hand, look at Edmonton with McDavid uh, playing pretty good. But uh, they're 10 points out of the playoffs. They were thought to be, by some, one of the favorites in the West, and they're not even going to make the playoffs. That's because people just looked at McDavid and didn't look the crap that's been assembled around him. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We rarely talk about pit football on this show except the week before the Penn State game when they won't give us players. But uh, if D'Antonio leaves Michigan State, and it really looks, you know who else is caught up in this? Tom Izzo. What if they drive out Tom Izzo at Michigan State? But if D'Antonio leaves Michigan State, I would think the guy they'd want would be Pat Narduzzi. Then again, he was part of D'Antonio's staff during some of these problems with players raping and sexually harassing and committing domestic abuse. So maybe they wouldn't want it. Maybe they'd want somebody from outside to start clean. Boy, it's tough to find anybody, be it coach, player, anybody, who's totally clean at this point. 412-333-9939. Are the Pens legit on a roll? What do you think? Did you like what you saw last night? Do you like what you've seen in the month of January? Is this another false dawn, or have they finally gained some traction? And what's your thoughts about Mark Letestu coming back to Pittsburgh? Right now he's with Edmonton to be the third-line center. 
I think it'd be better. I think they could get better. Then again, with Testu, last year of his deal, 1.8 million ticket. I don't think you'd have to give up a whole lot to get him. 1059 the X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. He erupts, he clears his throat, says something meaningless. Who would win in a fight? Lemmy or God? I think it's a trick question. Lemmy is God. The X at 1059. It's double M on the X. Cam Hayward said today that the Steelers lacking discipline, that notion, is a load of crap. I love Cam Hayward, but the proof is not in that pudding. Going to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers a little bit later. They added a ton of payroll today, added a ton of talent too. Got Lorenzo Kane, free agent outfielder, five years, 80 mil. Traded for Kristen Yelich, another very good outfielder. He's in the third year of a seven-year deal worth almost 50 mil. See, that's how you're supposed to do it. Milwaukee last year won 86 games, and the owners saw opportunity and added payroll to try to make a good team great. Contrast that to 2015 when the Pirates won 98 games. And before the trade deadline of the next year, had either gotten rid of or let walk seven key players. People who, at this point, here's one thing I want everyone to give me a big amen on. If you're in the media and you defend how the Pirates run their team, don't recognize that they're about profit totally and only and don't care about wins, then you're a stooge for Bob Nutting. You're a shill and you're a stooge, period. If you don't attack this farce, you are a shill and a stooge. Got a bunch of lines open, 412-333-WXDX. Let's go to Tim in the car. Tim, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Uh, big fan. What's up, Tim? Um, I think you kind of came close to hitting the nail on the head uh, a few minutes ago. I think, and even, I think just as much concern as possibly leaving to replace D'Antonio is what if the report comes out and he gets dragged into it? Even Well, that, that's a good point. I, I mentioned that near the end of my comment last segment, and a few people brought it up on Twitter. Uh, D'Antonio got hired in 2007. As I mentioned, an investigation has uncovered that there have been 16 cases of uh, rape or domestic abuse by Michigan State players since then. And Narduzzi was there for a big part of that time. Now, do I think that would affect his employment at Pitt? He'd have to be directly tied into covering up something up there, like his name directly tied in to endanger his employment at Pitt. I mean, don't you think? Yeah, but at the same time, optics-wise, that would mean three of their last four hires are either a domestic abuser and Hayward, a snake oil salesman and Todd Graham, and I mean, having Narduzzi even remotely connected. Yeah, I you know what? The assistant I coach, I mean, how much power does an assistant coach have? I think we find out at Penn State uh, during the Sandusky scandal, not too much. Because an assistant coach walked in, saw Sandusky, reported it, and nothing happened. You know, so uh, I think 
I don't think Narduzzi is going to be dragged through the mud on this one. That I mean, unless, like I said, they name a specific incident, and it's in the report that Pat Narduzzi said, hey, we'll take care of it internally. You know, don't worry about it. If somehow he directly hushed it up. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I go back and forth on how much power and attendance is going to drop this year. Some of these revelations with them being investigated for pocketing money, revenue sharing money, instead of putting it into baseball ops. You know, you're supposed to put the revenue sharing back into baseball ops. You're not supposed to pocket it. The whole point of the revenue sharing is to let the smaller market teams have more money to give them a, not a fair chance, but a more fair chance to compete with the big money teams. But uh, if the Pirates are pocketing that, I don't know what sort of action Major League Baseball would take. And I just don't know how you make somebody spend his money. Once that revenue sharing goes into Bob Nutting and the Pirates' bank account, it's the Pirates' money. It's Nutting's money. I guess you could give him less in the future. But uh, it's an interesting case. And who knows if it's not just a situation where they look, find very little, find a lot, but say they find very little, and just move on. Let's go to Dave in the car. Dave, you're on with Double M. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the uh, the Steelers, the team continuity. You guys, have, you've been talking about this for the past, you know, ever since we lost the game. Well, um, what do you mean team continuity? Well, like, the team playing as a team. I know that you're of the opinion that, you know, they're professionals. Is a different I'd call that, I'd call that more chemistry or, or but, but go ahead. Yeah. What's your point? My, well, we have a very talented football team. There's no two ways about it. Offensively, defensively, most professional teams pretty much have a lot of talent. They wouldn't be professionals if they weren't. Not very many Don't, teams have as much talent as the Steelers. Okay, even better point. I would say that when it comes to pure talent, the Steelers are one of the top two or three teams in the league, without question. Okay. Then, and we talk about the the, the whole idea of, you know, I agree with the fact that you say that Tomlin's never going to be fired. Uh, Looking at it from that perspective, he wins. He is a winning coach, but... Bro, you got to get to a point. You're killing me. Make your point. Okay, the point being is, is... Taking control of that team, like you said, as far as going to work rather than going to have fun. Okay, and I already said, I said at the beginning of the week that they should uh, have insisted everyone's on time and there's repercussions if they're not and kick them all off social media. That's a good place to start. And I look at it from the perspective also of even like during the games, if Offensively, we make a touchdown, and the defense has to hold the other team back from doing anything. You know what? You can buy. This is this is that that I've had worse calls in terms of pure stupidity, but in terms of monotonal gibberish, that guy might have been the worst ever. He seemed like a nice guy, so I was waiting for him with bated breath to get to a point. He just never got to a point. It was all nonsensical gibberish. Let's go to Luke in the car. Luke, you're on with Mark. What's up, Double M? What's up? 
Hey, uh, talking about Latestu, you know, it's so long ago that he was with the Penguins. He was younger. But his big thing back then was he, he's so good at the face-off. Now, he is good at face-offs. Of, that's correct. And he's a right-handed face-off guy. A- after he wasn't with our team, it seemed like I think he was with Columbus or wherever he was whenever the Penguins played against him, he seemed to have a good game. Uh, my only concern is his speed. And if you're going to compare him to Bonino, you know, what do you got there? As far as why do you, you need think? to compare him to Benino? Well, I'm just what you need to, to do is compare Latestu. Is he better than what you've got now at third line center? And I would third say line. yes with Riley Shane. And also, then he moves Riley Shane down the depth chart to fourth line center, where I'm perfectly content with Shane. But what about is, is Latestu good enough at third line center? How about speed wise? Yeah, he's okay. I mean, he's, it's all about speed on this team, apparently. Well, yeah, sometimes to, to its detriment. Right. Thank, Thank you. you for the call. Let's go to Kevin in Wexford. Kevin, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, in regards to Latestu, what do you think the Penguins have to give up, like a fourth, fifth-round draft pick? And is there anybody else besides that, That's a good question. I, I don't know. I don't know what they would want for Mark Latestu as a rental. I don't think they would want Ian Cole as a rental. I don't think that would do anything for them. I don't think he's worth more than a fourth-round draft pick, but I could see where they might want more. I wouldn't give up Connor Sherry for him, but that might be what they want, something like that. They might want a prospect. I sure wouldn't give up Sprong for Latestu. I might give up JSD, JSD for Latestu, but I would think they would want more. I don't know what the what the perception is out there of JSD's ceiling, so... I don't have a good feel for what Edmonton would want for him. Thank you. Thank you. I always like when people think that I should know exactly what Edmonton would want for Latestu. Uh, okay, I literally got the Latestu report at 2.48, 12 minutes before coming on the show. So I didn't have a chance to call Peter Shirelli or Todd McClellan. Hey, what did you want for Latestu? I'm authorized to negotiate. Oh, Bill Brink from the Post-Gazette just tweeting. The Major League Baseball Players Association confirmed to the Miami Herald that it raised concerns about the Pirates and Marlins to the commissioner's office. Uh, This, as I mentioned, in regard to uh, those teams taking revenue-sharing money and pocketing it as opposed to putting it back in baseball operations as the revenue-sharing agreement between the teams demands. Uh, 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Penguins with an excellent game last night, although those three goals in three minutes at the end, uh, it wasn't a wake-up call. They were never going to lose that game. As Sullivan said after... The game, no lead is safe in hockey today, but uh, I think a six-goal lead with 10 minutes left is, is pretty safe. If you give up three, you still won by three. And the Penguins haven't won a whole lot of games by three uh, this season. But since playing great, it's like the puck's on the string. Oh, the power play. Two for two again last night. It just keeps scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring. And again, the power play pisses me off. 
It doesn't shoot enough for my liking. And I'm in the press box. Why aren't they shooting? Why aren't they shooting? Why aren't they shooting? And then they score. You know, I was looking up Geno's stats earlier. He has 23 goals this year. It's a pretty good figure. And I thought he was looking to shoot more, and I looked up his numbers for last year compared to this year, and it's the same as last year. He's averaging about three shots on goal per game. I do think he's looking to create his shot a bit more this year. Speaking of creating a shot, how about uh, Simone's goal? He's got a couple duffers since joining the club, but that second goal last night where he kind of diddy-bopped from the circle to the middle and sniped that shot. I think it was low, short side. Just uh, excellent stuff from Dominique Simone. Let's go to Jeff in South Hills. Jeff, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark, uh, looking at the uh, standings, looks like the Detroit Red Wings might be a seller. Anybody on that team that was still with the Penguins, maybe the Athanasu guy? Bro, he was a holdout, and they signed him to a long-term deal, and he's young and they like him. So if the Penguins are going to get Athanasiu, they had their chance to get him as a restricted free agent before the season. Uh, nobody on Detroit really jumps out at me. Um, I do think they're going to be a seller, but uh, I think it's going to be tough for the Penguins to make a deal. Like uh, an NHL coach told me, most GMs don't want to trade with the Penguins because they don't want to help the Penguins. So I don't know how many easy deals are out there for the Penguins to be made. The Latesto one makes some sense because... He's a rental. He's not exactly Connor McDavid. I don't think you'd have to give up a lot for him. Then again, you never know what general managers are thinking. Uh, Edmonton might just want too much, even though it's nonsensical. It's what they want. They won't budge. And maybe you can't get Latestu. I mean, Mike Green, the, the old Capitals defenseman, I'm sure he's going to be dealt. He's in a bunch of trade rumors, but he's no good anymore. He wouldn't fit in with the Penguins. He's a right-sided defenseman, but you know he'd be like he's a power play specialist like Latestu, and he's just not needed on the power play, and he's just seen better days. So uh, no, I, I don't see Detroit as a trade partner. You, you never know. Uh, some Penguins news: the Penguins have reassigned John Sebastian D to Wilkes-Barre. But I assume that's because they have two games this weekend and they want him to keep playing. Same reason Tristan Jari's done there. Although the performance by DeSmith may keep him in Pittsburgh a bit longer and keep Jari and Wilkes a bit longer. Let's go to Todd in the car. Todd, real quick, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Mark, big fan, big fan. Thank you very little. Hey, uh, what do you think about the... Steelers' defensive line being too soft and also drafting. Everybody's talking about linebackers, but it all starts with a nose tackle, and I don't think right now what we have is good enough. You don't think uh, Hargrave's good enough? I think I think he's a good backup. We need to stud like a well. He finished up. He finished up weekly because um, he had a bad back. But they they like Hargrave, and I do too. There's there's bigger needs to address than the nose tackle. Okay, uh, they, 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 you know, they just couldn't stop the run. I mean, you look back with, you know, like with the Casey Hampton, Aaron Smith, and Kiesel. Oh, I know, were, the old-timers. They were they much up. better than this team, no question. Much better. I mean, me and Joe Green, L.C. Greenwood, Dwight White, much better. Much better. Ernie Stotner, much better. 
what that does, Mark, is with the linebackers, it actually frees them up. And yeah, I know the basic strategy of the three-four defense, Junior. I know that the defensive linemen tie up uh, offensive linemen so the linebackers can make plays. I'm well aware. Thank you for the call. Crikey. 412-333-9939. In just a moment, I'm going to talk about the return of the XFL. 105.90X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark? Yes? I have a crush on you. What a gutless bitch the Hebrew hammer is. We keep it real. What a bubblehead. <laughs> the X at 105.9. The Steelers hired a new wide receivers coach, Daryl Drake. That means they didn't hire Heinz Ward, which is good because that would have been more buddy system. They didn't hire Danny Rooney, arts kid, who has served as a coaching assistant, kind of like an intern, I think, for the Steelers uh, the past year or so. That would have been nepotism. Not to say Hines or Dan Rooney aren't qualified, but uh, I think we've got enough buddy system as it is uh, with the Steelers coaching staff. As long as Joey Porter has a job, uh, that'll be my opinion. No Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Vince McMahon didn't say much interesting during his press conference to announce the comeback of the XFL, which will fail again. But I was intrigued when Vince said he wants to make the window for a football game to be two hours. Two hours to watch a football game from start to finish. That strikes me as unrealistic. But you could maybe fit a game in a two and a half hour window. That would be better than the four-hour friggin' marathons in the NFL. But the problem is, NFL games are mostly too long because of TV timeouts for commercials, which is where the money is. Stuff like replay, yeah, it's too long, and it's too often, and it's annoying, but that's only a small fraction of the problem. Now, could the NFL put advertising in the bug? you know, where the time and score are. They do that with soccer games. Or could they put the advertising on a split screen while the game is going on? WWE has experimented with that on Raw and SmackDown. Vince McMahon is crap at football. But he's great with television. He's been an innovator. I take Vince very seriously when it comes to TV. Most of you hate soccer, but a game fits into a two-hour time slot, period. A little less, actually, and it's all action. What could Vince McMahon and the XFL do to fit a football game into a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour time slot? Because if they could and not sacrifice advertising revenue, the NFL would copy that immediately and then we would all uh, feel much better about watching football. Really, I, I don't watch nearly as much football as I used to, and there's a lot of reasons, such as just about every player in the league being an ass. But uh, a big part of it is I just don't have that kind of time to watch a game. I'd rather take a nap. 
In fact, sometimes I do sit down to watch a game and I wind up falling asleep. Because there's just not enough action, there's too many commercials, there's too many replays, and it takes way too long. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I won't be watching the Pro Bowl. I will be watching the NHL All-Star Game. Oh, speaking of the NHL, there was a report. Alan Walsh, the agent, said that NBC is furious that NHL players won't be in the Olympics. And NBC was not going to televise any NHL games on any of its networks during the Olympics. Well, that was ever the case, the uh, network has backed down because there are three games scheduled to be televised on NBC networks during the Olympics. But I don't know why NBC has its knickers in a twist about NHL not sending players to the Olympics. The Olympics wanted the NHL to interrupt the schedule, put its assets at risk, for no tangible gain and they wanted the NHL to pay the way for the players to go there which the NHL has done in the past but with the games in Korea the hockey would be on at very odd and unfavorable time slots they just didn't see the point and nor do I if NBC really wanted the NHLs in the Olympics NBC should have paid their way or insisted that the Olympics give signage on the boards in on the ice at Pyeongchang to the NHL. The Olympics wouldn't even do that. They wanted all the NHL's players, but wouldn't give them a ways and means to publicize the NHL while the Olympic hockey was going on. F the Olympics, F Olympic hockey. Bettman and the NHL did the right thing. In just 30 seconds, I'm going to talk about Milwaukee spending a lot of money to improve its baseball team and the Pirates not. 1059 X.